0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Slice Up Your Life. This is your host, Rachel Bedell, and I hope you guys had an amazing Easter weekend. I'm not gonna lie, it was awesome for me. Um, we had a really good service with Oasis. We actually had a little community time, so I got to see some faces from the family, and then it was beautiful in Dallas, so we had a lot of outside time with my parents, and yeah, chalked it chalked up as a good weekend but i hope you guys enjoy this conversation with shalom Um, i know her originally from breakthrough the girls mentoring program that i'm a part of and kind of funny this was the first time that we actually hung out when we recorded this but we've become to be really good friends and i love her so so much um so again with that this was recorded a little bit ago um pre-quarantine and all of that fun stuff so um just be aware there if we don't talk about being hoarded up at all that's why um, but we cover a lot of good conversations in regards to like cultural shock, racial perspective, um, how it intertwines with faith, just kind of community, and just yeah a lot of different areas that I believe can be controversial with some people, so want to put that little disclaimer out there, but I just hope that it provokes some questions and thoughts in your heart, and your home, and I hope y'all enjoy this. Love y'all.
1: From Nebraska. I've been in Chicago for right around eight years now. Um, I graduated from Wheaton for undergrad. I studied art, specifically focused on ceramics. And um, since then, I've been working on the south and west side of Chicago. So I started out on the south side, and now I feel like I'm a full fledged west sider. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started out teaching ceramics, and then I worked at a nonprofit and ran program and now I work at um, Breakthrough, which is where I met you. Mm-hmm. And I run their arts and technology program, which basically is girls mentoring, ceramics, culinary arts, robotics and coding, and um, digital art and photography. So barely anything. <laughs> yeah,
0: nothing at all. I, I literally
1: don't know how you do it. Uh,
0: how, what did you do in the South Side? Was it with a different organization
1: or yeah. just different? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was when I was teaching high school.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, this makes more sense because we were talking about losing one of your students. I mm-hmm. thought you meant one of your like breakthrough students, no. and I was like, I didn't, I've never heard you refer to the girl as students. Yes. Okay. This I was makes a High school sense. teacher. <laughs> high school teacher. Yep. And you, you taught art there.
1: Mm-hmm. I taught okay. ceramics. Ceramics. Mm-hmm. So
0: what made you get into ceramics? Like at Wheaton, did you like it before hand?
1: Yes, I actually started in high school. Okay. Um, I took two or three classes in high school and I really liked it but when I graduated from high school I was like um I can't imagine just like going and trying to convince people that my art is important for the rest of my life so I was like I'm not going to be an art major because it's not practical don't know what I would do with it and I went in as elementary education and then after my first year I was like I don't like this and I don't know what to do because art still isn't practical and then I had a conversation with my dad and he was like what do you think about being an art major and i was like it's what i want but i didn't oh think you God. guys would support me <laughs>
0: you're like i'm glad you're on board with right. this
1: because <laughs> i wasn't convinced yet and so then that was like oh if he if he's supporting this then that means i can definitely do this yeah so i switched over and i had no idea how it was going to play out and somehow i've been able to do ceramics in every job that i've had which oh is crazy gosh, that is insane
0: yeah. and it's actually really cool because at breakthrough they have like a really good setup did yeah. they have that before? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, nope, so you I brought it, in. it. Okay. Gonna, when you were saying that you did a lot of your ceramic stuff there, I'm like, that's so cool that they just happen to have this. Yes. No, duh. No. Of course. So you're when like, they hired I got
1: this. me, they were like, oh yeah, we know that you really like ceramics, so we're planning on like inc- adding that to our programming. I was okay. like,
0: okay, cool, great. Perfect. <laughs> so how long have you been at Breakthrough then? Uh,
1: this will be my third year.
0: Third year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when it started, did you like did you start with girls mentoring, and did you start with like one specific? Um, like area?
1: Yeah. So it's grown. Girls mentoring was added last year, so it's been an entire calendar year. January was when we started it, um, and orchestra was added, and so everything else was already there. And ceramics, yeah. So the other three were already there already, okay. and then I just made it more my own once I got there.
0: Okay. And then is this, so this is the second year of girls mentoring, or third? This is the
1: start of the this second year. This is the second start. Oh, yes.
0: okay. So last year was the first year. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So you came in on the end, the, of end of the first year. Okay. Well, yeah.
0: I'm, like, pumped, but, like, I'm always, like, I miss the girls, but I'm, like, I have to, like, literally mentally prepare myself walking into it. One, just because it's, like, after a work day, and it's, like, you're tired. Mm -hmm. But two, I'm, like, okay, you have to check yourself on everything that you say. (laughs) Because they'll, one, not forget. Yes. And two, I'm always, like, some of the things they say, I'm, like, excuse me? Like, what just came out of your mouth?
1: Yeah. And you also have to be prepared, because half the time they're using lingo that you're not used to hearing on an everyday basis. Okay.
0: (laughs) So I was talking to my friend about this because, so he deals with like high schoolers up in like Glenview, Mm -hmm. Illinois. And so he and I like hung out with a couple of the high schoolers for a little bit and they use some certain slang, but they're in a very like wealthy area, Mm -hmm. like extremely wealthy. And so then I would hear their terminology and like some of the girls, um, at breakthrough and i would ask the, the girls at the church like i was like have y'all ever heard of this they're like no I'm like okay what does this mean i like people say this and they're like no one says that and i'm like no these girls say that <laughs> they're like you're in a different like area of people yep. talking about stuff i was like okay cool so don't use that terminology they're like unless you want to look totally out of place yep. like, that's not like a typical thing yeah it's like,
1: okay cool they got me real good recently they were like um talking about driving the boat and they are like do you want to drive the boat and I was like terrified because they were all giggling so I was like what I mean? have no idea what the right answer is but I'm gonna guess it's no yeah <laughs> so then I later found out that it means like take a shot at alcohol <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh why do you guys know this why are you using this conversation and yeah. why are you asking me why,
0: this? <laughs> yeah you guys are like 16 and under please right. don't <laughs> well and it's so weird too just like the generational thing they did get me the one time I can't remember what they were talking about but they said they were blue. And um, I think it was Raven. She was like, do you know what blue means? I was like, sad. And she was, they start dying laughing. And they're like, it means mad. I'm like, guys, it's not that far from each
1: other. Like, not at all. You're both just pissed. Like, that's what it means.
0: <laughs> but it threw me off that like homecoming and stuff like that. Like they, one, you, I want to have, have you talk about what you talked to me about. But they were like super stoked about all their outfits. And mm-hmm. then I was like, this is not what I thought y'all would be wearing. Mm-hmm. Like they go all out, but then they also just like, wear what they want to wear yep
1: 100
0: but But, okay so we so long story short for everyone else we had a walk-in we shalom and i were like we're gonna go to bed 10 o'clock like we want to go to bed early like put ourselves in our own room i think we stayed up till like four talking very likely like we didn't get any sleep because we were talking the girls Eventually went to bed, like mm-hmm. some of them did.
1: They left us alone. They completely. left us alone. <laughs> like we could have
0: easily fallen asleep, yep. but we didn't. But we talked a lot about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But talk to me a little bit about the whole like perception. Because I just found it super fascinating. Um, I mean, I came from like a wealthy area and like big a white female and literally know like nothing mm-hmm. other than the mission trip stuff of like the whole entire thing of just how big of a deal like homecoming is and graduation and mm-hmm. all of that stuff in that perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, So one of the things that was really interesting once I got to Chicago was like how big, it's actually prom, (laughs) prom prom, is the big one. Homecoming is like, yeah, they like still go all out, but prom is where they like go all out, all out. And they have like um, send-offs where like literally like their whole family and as many of their friends as they can get to come and isn't having their own send-off come. And they like, they'll like have dances planned out, they'll have like a red carpet from their house to like have like the reveal of their dress. And, like, they'll get custom-made dresses, which will easily be, like, a couple grand. They'll get, like, red-bottom shoes. Like.
0: They were talking about, like, having, like, Chanel shoes. Yes. And I was like, oh, excuse
1: me? Yep. <laughs> like, I don't even know how much these cost. But, no. like, one time I actually did the calculations from one of my students when I was teaching. And I think she was easily going to spend $5,000 between her hair, her dress, her shoes, um, and, like, her nails and makeup and all of that. Oh my god So gosh. that's not even including like the food, the car that they like drive the in prom. the actual prom, like then when they do send offs most of the time they have food for everyone at the house. Like it's a huge deal. It's kind of like the equivalent of a wedding okay um yeah. yeah so it's kind of interesting because a lot of times especially with the young men they don't really expect to get past the age of like 18 to 20 mm-hmm. um so it's kind of like let's celebrate these things early because we might not live to see like the bigger celebrations that we kind of view as normal later on in life mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. was that something that was like new for you when you moved to Sh- i mean i know i overheard like you talking and we kind of talked about like wheaton how y'all mm-hmm. had a lot of racial things happen yes. every year four years yes but like was that a big shock obviously coming from like nebraska i mean we talked about like i lived in iowa for nine years like yeah. it's pretty, pretty similar like yeah it's just was, like there's really not much going yeah. on like and so for me like chicago obviously was like a drastic thing like was that really drastic for like realization of things for you
1: it was yeah i can't really remember like exactly how it felt but my first introduction it was teaching like my senior year at wheaton i spent a semester um i lived on the north side in like a wealthier area and then i commuted all the way down to the south side and worked with these kids and it was super interesting like I felt like every day I was down there I was experiencing culture shock Mm -hmm. but I felt more at home with the kids than I felt with like my fellow students and so even though there was like a lot of things that I wasn't familiar with or I didn't understand like they welcomed me in and like I really felt like loved and understood by them and like they gave me a little bit more grace than the Breakthrough Girls do (laughs) about not understanding things (laughs) The Breakthrough Girls are ruthless like
0: they're the sweetest people but they are so ruthless. They really are.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. And their favorite thing to do is put you in a situation where you look dumb.
0: Which is, like, literally all the time. Yep. Like, I'm like, I don't know how to respond to anything that you're saying. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, like, yeah, that's, like, insane. You were telling me that, and I was like, this absolutely blows my mind. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's logical. It makes sense. And then I remember, I can't remember who I was talking to, but it's when we went to the bookstore. Yes. And one of the girls was talking about Oh, one of the books that she was going to get, it's Soleil's, they're not her sister. Yeah. Mia. Mm-hmm. And so she's not one of the books she was going to get, and we started talking about The Hate you Give, mm-hmm. and I was talking about, like, if they've seen the movie, and they're like, yeah, but that's, like, kind of, like, whatever. And I was like, what do you mean? That's, like, whatever. They're like, that's not that big of a deal. We're, like, used to hearing of that stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like, I then I just feel like, I'm like, I want to talk to you more about this, but I don't even know how to ask because I feel so naive mm-hmm. and dumb in the situation yeah. to be, like, how you talked about it but like it just is like I mean you talked about when y'all were talking about like ween and stuff like it's a Christian college like a it's not a bible college is it? Just a Christian it's Christian. Co- Christian college. Christian just... college? Mm-hmm. And like the stuff that was happening there was like insanely extreme mm-hmm. that like I don't even feel like happened to Iowa which is like the number four party school like very like I can't even imagine what our racial like diversity is across the board it's probably very low we always mm-hmm. my teammate was Black And she always made the joke, she was like, I can't count how many non-athlete, like, mm-hmm. black people are on campus yep. in one hand. And I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, we always were like, yeah, like, all of our friends were, like, basketball players, football players, and then mm-hmm. it's like, there's no one else. Yep. Um. So that's that's just been, like, the biggest thing for me at Breakthrough is it's, like, learning and seeing the other side and just being, like, less naive of it all. Because mm-hmm. this was, like, I grew up in Dallas, like, a suburb of Dallas, mm-hmm. moved to Iowa for nine years, like, you come here and you're like okay your eyes are opened up in Chicago but like mm-hmm. they can be as closed as you want them to be yeah like you don't have to see it if you don't want Not to at all. Mm-hmm. and like even in like the areas like you I mean I when I was first going to break there, or like going to one of the block parties I was like where am I going like this seems like a nice area but then you like turn two streets and you can like tell it's completely different mm-hmm. and like doing the block party was crazy because it was, like, my, I want to say, like, my first or second month here, mm-hmm. and it just was, like, kids dropping off, or parents dropping off their kids, and then, like, hanging out in their, like, houses outside of it, and just, like, I was, like, okay, I'm just, like, gonna soak all of this in, and, like, now I want to be involved in all of it, mm-hmm. um, so it's just been, like, really cool to see, but I can't even, like, imagine, mm-hmm. and you had a hard summer. Yes. With stuff. Yeah. Um you don't have to talk about it Do you to talk about that <laughs> sure we can because <laughs> I know you lost one of your students mm-hmm. and then like, you had a family loss and all that stuff too mm-hmm. but um I and mean, we briefly kind of talked about it but mm-hmm. just like the the heartache and everything that happens with that
1: yeah so I did lose a student um she actually was at the school while I was teaching but she um ended up Her senior year was like my first year interning at the school and then when I was teaching she actually ended up working at the school Mm -hmm. and she had a really hard home life um, and so I got to know her like pretty well through other teachers who had really close relationships with her. Um, So that was like really really hard especially because like this sounds bad to say but it's kind of like she was like one of the good ones where it was like she was doing everything right. Like she was working like two jobs, she was like providing for her little siblings because her mom was on drugs. Um, she was like in a stable relationship they were engaged like it was like all of these things that like she was doing right and like Mm -hmm. there's still no closure as to like what happened like no one really knows Um, she was sitting in a car outside somebody's house on this outside Um, and yeah she got shot five times in the back and it was just like really emotional and really hard and like um just like seeing her classmates we had like a little event for her in memory of her and like made some art in honor of her Mm -hmm. with her classmates and like just seeing them like I think it was almost harder because they weren't emotional Mm. in some ways like a lot of them were like yeah this is really sad and like we really miss her but like this is one of like many 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 that we've lost and like even just my experience I've been working like in the city of Chicago outside of Wheaton for four years, and I've lost four people that I've worked with during that time. Um, so it's kind of like, it's almost becoming the normal in the same way that it is for the, the people who grew up here, mm-hmm. um, which like, makes me sad too. Um, but yeah, so the first one was like my first semester teaching there. Um. So it was like while I was still in college and I like had a really, really hard time processing that, especially because like I said, it was like the culture shock between going back to Wheaton and being around Wheaton people and then like dealing with like all of this like really real heartache and pain mm-hmm. and like loss. And like I didn't know what to do with it because that was really one of my first deaths. Um, That I had really been close to as well as like all of my students were like all dealing with stuff And there was like a whole lot going on like there was a riot at the school because of it and like all of these different things um, That I didn't know how to interact with especially as someone that was supposed to be like an authority figure Mm -hmm. um, And then go back to be like oh, I'm a student now again and like that like dichotomy (laughs) of like trying to do both of those things was like really 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 hard um, but I feel like it was kind of like my turning point um, of like when I was going, like I'm investing in Chicago and specifically mm-hmm. in like these areas of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like either this is, this situation is so hard that I know I can't do it or I'm like stuck in it because I'm like, I can't I not. Get, not do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so um, I actually wrote a poem about it that I like did. I'm not really a spoken word artist, but like <laughs> that was my attempt Um, And that was, like, a really big part of me processing it, because at the same time as all of that was happening in my personal life, it was also um, when Michael Brown was shot. Mm -hmm. And all the – well, it wasn't when he was shot, but it was when all the protests were happening about uh whether or not it was going to um, go through. And so, like, I was, like, working with my kids on the south side, and then I would, like, go to a protest, and then I would, like, have to go to class to talk about – theology and <laughs> with all of these people who like my roommate during the time was doing an internship in the loop at like a women's magazine and like doing a, like, free spa days <laughs> you're like screw you yes <laughs> we didn't get along very well it was real rough because she had like no idea what i was going through like, yeah. at all
0: yeah Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And then, so w- did you have like a turning point of when you like, that was your turning point, really want to get involved? But you were already mm-hmm. in school too. So, like, yeah. were you already going to school to be a counselor?
1: That was when I was at school at Wheaton. And so then I was oh, just okay. doing my um, undergrad in art. And art okay. Yes. And so I didn't really know at that point what I was going to do. And that's when I ended up teaching at the same school. Uh, and then I just kind of went from nonprofits okay. into nonprofits from there. Okay. So,
0: mm-hmm. when did you start school here?
1: So, that happened, I don't even know anymore. (laughs) I feel like I've been in school for forever because I took a year off. Got it, got it. Yes. (laughs) So, I think it was like 2015, 2016, something like that.
0: And you're going to school for counseling?
1: Yeah, art therapy and
0: counseling. Art therapy and counseling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We won't get too much into that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just because, I mean... With that too, like, so it's kind of funny because I probably just noticed that you may have been posting about it before, but I went to an event with one of my friends and it was like with, uh, it was entrepreneurs, like in Hispanic culture that Mm -hmm. were talking and Tanya, is that her name? Mm -hmm. So she like presented about healthy hood. And so Mm -hmm. of course I started following healthy hood and then you were posting about it and I was like, I don't know if. I would have never put two and two together beforehand until yeah. I heard her speak. Mm-hmm. But we were chatting, like you and I were chatting about like her one quote of, oh, gosh, what is it? It's like, you- it's not enough to like live.
1: In an Island of justice in an ocean of inequality. Yes. yes. And it like stuck
0: with me so much. And it's like, you, people don't think it's a certain way because it's like, you have literally no idea. Like mm-hmm. I don't see it. And yep. so you have no idea. And so like just the stuff that like healthy hood is doing is insane. And they're just starting the whole like mental mm-hmm. health- wellness thing. And, Tanya said something in the um, in her talk that, like, struck with me, too. She was talking about, like, physical, like, mm-hmm. health. And mm-hmm. she's, like, a lot of people don't know how to do it because they've never been taught. So, yep. like, and that's never – I never understood how people, like, don't know how to work out in general because mm-hmm. I started sports when I was, like, out of the womb. So, I'm, like, mm-hmm. this is just how you do it. So, for people that are, like, you know, trying to work out from home but they're buying, like, Body or doing all this stuff, but a lot of people don't have the access to mm-hmm. it. And so, they're not working out. They can't do it. And she made the point of, like, how are you going to take care of your, like, physical health if you can't take care of your mental health? Yeah. And I was like, my mind is blown. I don't want to be part of all of this. <laughs> yes. Um So I just think, like, it's just been really cool to see, like, what everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, like, a little bit of the time. And, like, she made a good point, too, of, like, for people who are, like, you know, giving back to the community once they leave. But she said something along the lines of, like, if you're... She said, I forget how she phrased it, but she said something along the lines of, like, if you're looking back or things like that, that means you left. Hmm. So, like, to actually just, like, leave fully and mm-hmm. then, like, you know, if you're just, like, going back to, like, give a talk or doing something, she was like, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you, those are your people. Like, you bring them along with you. Like, you yep. if your business is growing, you bring them with you to, like, help it grow. Mm-hmm. And so that was just, like, earth shattering for me. Like, yeah. all, her speech was amazing she came and sat next to me afterwards I was like I'm obsessed with you <laughs> yes. I don't know you but I'm obsessed with you and she's a really good friends with the girl I went with mm-hmm. and she was a friend of a friend that was the first time we ever hung out so I was like these people are gonna think I'm freaking insane because <laughs> I'm like geeking out over all this stuff but it's just been like cool it's like when you like it's like the whole thing of like being able to see stuff you've never seen before mm-hmm. and understand and like talk people
1: yeah
0: um but I mean like in, is your wife or your, or your mom or your dad White. My mom is white. Your mom is My white. Is okay. White. Mm-hmm. I just laughed. I will always, I will never forget when Raven thought
1: that you were so pissed at you. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> you portrayed them because you're half white. So here's the thing that's really funny about it. So the background story is. <laughs> is that, like, mind you, I've been at this organization for three years, and I've known most of these girls the entire time. Yeah. And so, like, literally, like, two months ago, one of them, we were in girls mentoring, and, like, somehow she realized that I was biracial, so I was half black and half white, and she flipped out. She was like, I feel like you betrayed us, I thought I knew you, now I know that you don't, you're not even black, you're white, blah, 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 blah. She just went off. And I was like, so funny within itself. But then it's even funnier because when I was a teacher, all of my students thought I was white and none of them realized that I was black. Wait, what? Yeah. Like I literally, my students all thought I was white. (laughs) How? So my only explanation for it is that working as a teacher, first off, I was like 22. Okay. And I, um, my oldest student was like 19. So I was like maybe three years older than them. Yeah. So I was very intentional about like the way that I talked, the yeah. way that I dressed, the way that I presented myself in a way that was like really professional. And so I think they just like realized that I was different than them. The and then like therefore sector. just was like, you must be white. And then here, <laughs> the breakthrough, it's like, now I'm like 27 and they're like 12. So, they it's like, <laughs> so it's like, I just wear, I really wear breakthrough t-shirts all of the time. So I'm yeah. wearing like t-shirt and jeans or leggings yeah. and Tim's, and, like, I feel a lot more closer to, like, what they expect black people to be like, so then, therefore, they think that I'm black. Okay. <laughs> yep. that, makes, that makes more sense.
0: Oh, so one thing, actually, so you went to a Christian college. Was that mm-hmm. something that was, like, we kind of had briefly touched on this before, but, like, was that something that you, like, grew up with, like, a long time, or is just, like, instilled in you, and you wanted to, like, continue with that?
1: Yeah, so... Um yeah I grew up in a really Christian family my dad runs his own nonprofit um and it's called Mission Nebraska and so they basically like their goal was instead of creating another church to like connect the church in Nebraska um so yeah it was like always really an important part of our lives growing up and um so then actually when it was time to go to college, my sister went to Wheaton before me and they had been like there's no way that Shalom would ever go here because I was always the one that like wasn't an academic mm-hmm. and she was the one who's like loved academics and was really good at it. And so they were like everyone at Wheaton is like super type A and blah 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 and like like my sister like was convinced that I would hate it, mm-hmm. which she wasn't completely wrong. But anyways, so then at one point I like was like I don't know where I want to go. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I don't really know that much about college other than the fact that I'm supposed to go and my siblings went before me. So I ended up applying for the scholarship that my sister got and for admission into Wheaton, and I got both. And like everyone was so shocked that I did it in the first place. <laughs> And then that I decided to go.
0: <laughs> you were like, I'm just here to surprise all of you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and then it was kind of funny because my sister got really mad because when I would do good in class, my my dad would be like super excited and he'd get my like little gifts. Like he, I loved pins and he would like buy me a set of pins or something that were like and she's $15. like, why didn't I get exactly. this? <laughs> she's like, it's just expected from me, but you get gifts like, if you do you good. You <laughs> shouldn't have
0: really showed your colors early right. on. Just let people think that you're dumb or you're not trying hard. <laughs> I swear that I have that all the time. My mom would like, if I got like, A's, you like beanie babies? Mm-hmm. Like, we'd always get to like pull out of the bean baby bag <laughs> if we had stuff. And, like, I was so bad at school, like, I was smart, but I mm-hmm. could not care less. Mm-hmm. So, like, I literally, she'd be like, If you just read this book, we'll go get ice cream. i be like, like, I had to be like, talked into to do like my normal work. It was so <laughs> sad. But she's like, I just need you to do it. So, we're just gonna do anything you can yep. to get
1: your grades. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, pretty much. Yep. My family didn't do it until I was in college. Which is funny, because <laughs> that's when you're, you're supposed this. to be the most independent, and they're like, oh, here, let me give you little prizes for well, being good. they probably good. missed
0: you, too. Yeah. They were like, oh, we want to do all this stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I went to Wheaton, and I think it's interesting, like, thinking about it now, um, but I went into Wheaton being, like, I was – well, I was homeschooled from – like the beginning of school until middle school and so i was like always around christian people and then high school i went to like a really diverse high school in lincoln nebraska so it couldn't be like that diverse but (laughs) it was actually really diverse in far as like um country wise like we had like 50 different countries like there's a lot of refugees and immigrants in lincoln for some reason i don't know why they choose there to settle but they do okay (laughs) so it was like a lot of like different diversity that way other than just being like oh white and black yeah um so that was really interesting, but, like, I had a really hard time, like, connecting with people because, like, there was just a lot of differences. Yeah. And so when I was, like, going into it, I was, like, it's going to be so easy socially. I'm just going to have a hard time academically. Yeah. And then it was, like, the complete the opposite. opposite. Like, I was fine academically. It didn't really – it was, like, not easy, but it wasn't, like – back-breaking hard. yeah. Um, but socially, it was, like, really, really difficult, and, like, I felt like that was where I started to learn myself about, like, racial inequality and, mm-hmm. like, things that were going on and experiencing it for, on a personal level for the first time. Yeah. Um, so that was, like, really hard, and I think that that, like, really impacted my faith in a lot of ways, um, and I think a lot of it was because, like, growing up, it was, like, all, like, very... Like, we went to a home church and, like, stuff like that, so it was all, like, very relational. Mm-hmm. And then um, then being at Wheaton, I was, like... In some ways, it, like, started pushing me away from my faith because I was, like... I've never been treated so poorly before. Yeah. And, like, if this is how, like, the main majority of Christians treat people, like, that's not what I want to believe. That's not what I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, since then, it's kind of been a journey of, like, figuring out what that means and realizing that there are a lot of people. There's a community of people who's, like, um, very intentional about incorporating, like, both faith and social justice work. Yep. And, like, what that means and what that looks like.
0: I was say, because How does that, like, affect you? Because, like, so my mom works. She's a nurse practitioner for oncology. Mm-hmm. So, like, I growing, growing up, I didn't, like, really believe anything. I we went to church when I was, like, growing up, growing up. But, mm-hmm. like, I didn't do anything with it. And then I asked her, I think I asked her, like, probably in college if she believed in anything. She was like, I have to to do what I do because she deals with people, like, dying on a daily mm-hmm. basis to believe that there's, like, afterlife and, or, like, going to heaven. And, like, but whenever, like, literally, like, shit happens and, like, you know, someone gets diagnosed or someone relapsed or dies out of nowhere, she's like, why does this happen? I don't understand this. Or, mm-hmm. like, when my uncle died out of nowhere, like, in a heart attack, she was like, this is just, like, cruel, like, a cruel joke by, like, mm-hmm. God. And it's, like, what is – has that affected you at all, especially, like, seeing what you've seen, like, teaching and being in Chicago?
1: Um, Honestly, yes, but not to the same degree. Um, Because I think, for me, it was, like – like, there's always been pain and suffering in the world. Like, Mm -hmm. I, like – even though it doesn't always make sense, like, it's always kind of just, like, been there. Yeah. And so, to me, it's more, like, what pushed me farther away was seeing how, like – Christians treated other people more so than seeing pain and suffering um and so yeah in some ways it's interesting because like I like talked like talked to a lot of people who like associated as like oh like that's not my god like we don't worship the same god if you can treat people like that but it's like still within Christianity (laughs) but yeah and so yeah I think that's been one of the big things is like figuring out like what is the community of faith that like I can be a part of. Um, I actually listened to a really interesting podcast recently um, that was on the liturgist. It's about anti-racism, okay. and there's this guy named Andre Henry, and he like um, has done a lot of different work. He like is a songwriter and was a pastor, and then worked with like Relevant Magazine, mm-hmm. um, and had like some really bad experiences. And like he was like that was one of the first times that I had, like heard somebody like really state it like fact like the church was like once I found out, or once I started, like, discovering more about racial justice, like, that was the point that, like, pushed me more away from Christianity, Mm -hmm. and, like, hearing some of him talk, like, he was talking about um, this series that he wrote about called The God of the Ghetto, and about, like, in Exodus, like, the story of um, God delivering um, the Israelites from um, Egyptian rule is, like, really actually, like, him caring about their body and about, like, these people who lived in the ghetto Mm -hmm. and, like, that he chose them to be his chosen people and, like, all of, like, what that means. Um, And so, like, that was, like, really important to me, um, learning more about what that means and what that looks like and realizing that, like, (laughs) there's, like, biblical evidence for the fact (laughs) that God cares about these people. And a lot of times I'll have conversations with um, Christians from, like, Wheaton and from other people like that who will, like, be like, oh, like, you really seem to be posting like a lot about like social justice or like about racial justice and like I don't really understand why um like like I feel like how is that impacting your faith and like stuff like that and like a lot of times people conflate it as like they're opposing each other Mm -hmm. but realizing that like no like that's like God cares about our spirituality but he also cares about our body and our physical circumstances and we can't separate the two
0: and I think like for me this is like such a naive thing to say but it's like we were all created differently for like that exact reason. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like tall, short, black, white, Asian, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's like every, it's like the thing of it's like all colors, all everything, all shapes, all sizes. And it's like, it's the joke. I like, I always say the thing of like, I'm obsessed with like sunrises and sunsets. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how can I say God created something that beautiful, but not like look at other people or look at yourself and not think the same thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, that's the thing where that like opened up a lot for me too. in just terms of like, it's the cheesy saying it's because I read Bob Goff and I've been obsessed with them ever since and it's like love everybody always but it's like really true in a sense Mm -hmm. of like a lot of people and especially with some of the girls like they genuinely like don't see it or like Mm -hmm. when people are like rebel like being rebels or like totally pushing away it's like there's a reason to everything and like Mm -hmm. it's like I picture in my mind like the person who's like crying or like being aggressive and they get hugged and they're like pushing away the hug but then they finally break down and like accept the hug Mm -hmm. because like they're not used to like Receiving love, so they don't know how to receive it. Yeah. And like to your point of people saying like, the like social injustice and like, unbelief, they don't have to like match. Like you can mm-hmm. still like believe in all that stuff. And I, I feel to my point, like I feel like it would kind of be the thing of, they would go together. Mm-hmm. You would want like everyone to be, the like love everybody always. Mm-hmm. I get the people have different opinions on things, but like,
1: I'm also like it's not that hard. Yep. <laughs> I think it's really interesting even just like being biracial and like Mm -hmm. my mom's family does not get it at all Um, and it's interesting because like to me it's like you've had a person of color in your family for 30 years like how How do do you not get it yeah (laughs) and they just like like they put it as like try to make it something that they understand already and so they're like oh you're the same as me. That's it's like, no, I'm not the same as you. So, like, when I went to Wheaton and came back and started talking more about, like, race and, like, things that were going on at school, like, my cousins were like, why are we talking about this? (laughs) Like, like they literally, like, one of them blamed it on, like, the guy I was dating at the time. She's like, oh, ever since you've been dating so-and-so, like, you've been talking about race a lot more. And I was like... No, it's not because I'm dating him, it's because this is my experience. This yeah. is like me. What and I'm experiencing. like Yeah. This is like what I'm experiencing. And I honestly I make him talk about it more than
0: he makes. He's me like, talk I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Please can we stop? Yeah. Did your parents get a lot of like flack when they were dating or getting married?
1: Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My dad told me the story again recently. Um, from so my mom is from like a super conservative, like preacher's family okay. and they like do mission work and stuff like that and so when my dad asked for permission to marry my mom my grandpa's first response was oh so you have a thing for white women yeah so <laughs> somehow my dad just looked past that and waited for he's the like, answer he's like I'm
0: still going to get married <laughs> into your family
1: right fine. so then they he was like oh I have to pray about it so he prayed about it for six weeks, which is insane. Like I don't know what I would do if somebody told me that they were gonna pray about it and then came back like, six weeks later, especially
0: on like that topic. Yes. Like I feel like usually if you ask a dad, they would just usually say yes.
1: yes. <laughs> it like, like was usually... not my father's experience. <laughs> so then when he came back after six weeks, he goes, "So I feel like like what God revealed to me was that." Um, that he provided everything that, I w- that I've been asking for in a husband for my wife. He's just wrapped differently than I expected. Which is like somewhat insightful and somewhat problematic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to like absorb that. Like, In a way, it's kind of sweet because he's just being genuine. Mm-hmm. He was like, I didn't expect my daughter to marry a black guy. Yes. But at the same time. I don't know. It's because, and like, I don't remember where I heard this. It may have been a podcast. I feel like this conversation I had in person though, but there were like, when people say, oh, I don't see you differently. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's a problem too. Yep. Like mm-hmm. we, like you're different. Like you are different. Like, yep. I mean, there are a lot of different ways people are different, but mm-hmm. like when people like growing up, I think I always used to be like, but I don't like, I don't, like, notice, or I don't, like, I thought mm-hmm. that was, like, the good thing to say. Yeah. And it's, like, no, you, like, should notice, mm-hmm. like, if someone is different in any way, shape, or form. Yep. And, like, also, you're just being naive. Like, you know mm-hmm. what someone's skin color is. I'm sorry, like, yes, you're literally mm-hmm. not blind. But, yeah. like, in a sense that it, like, how it impacts you. Mm-hmm. Like, does it really trigger you differently or things like that? And it's, like, we did a thing at work one time with, it was um, schema, like, like, your schemas and things and, like, mm-hmm. how you react. And so they were talking about we were talking about like it was like the workplace stuff so like male and female but Mm -hmm. they also went into like racial things too and it's like if you're it was like cops reactions of things of like if they see like a glimpse of someone and it's like a white guy versus a black guy what they think they're holding and Mm -hmm. it's like the white guy was actually holding the gun versus the black guy was actually holding like a microphone or Mm -hmm. a brush or whatever I mean it's like the stereotypical movie stuff Mm -hmm. but it was so interesting of like people's schemas of how our brains are just wired because Mm -hmm. it's like how are stereotypes even made? Mm-hmm. Like when we're born, I don't know that like, there's a stereotype for like white people or black people or Asian mm-hmm. people or Indian people. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're obviously taught that in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And like same for like gay people. Like mm-hmm. there's all these different things that I'm like, in some way, per- say, some way or, or form, we are taught that. Yep. Whether it's our families or social mm-hmm. media. And I feel like that's a big thing of it now too, is it's like, we're so over inundated mm-hmm. with media and all mm-hmm. these opinions and all these things
1: yeah but it comes through so early so early because i remember growing up like my dad would always make a big deal about like which dolls we had like i remember Mm. one time my aunt his sister gave us a white barbie and he like would not give it to us he was like we have to find you a black doll and so i don't remember when that was in comparison to this memory but like we had this dollhouse, my sister had this dollhouse, and it had two families, a black family and a white family, and we would actively fight over who got to be the white family. Mm -hmm. So at some point, we had already, as a black child, as someone with not white skin, we had already internalized the message that white was better. Yeah. Like, that's crazy.
0: (laughs) Did your dad talk to you that, like, have a conversation? Like, he made the point of saying, like, we need to find you, like, a black doll. But, Mm -hmm. like, did he have a conversation with you in terms of, like, how things could be different, or how you would be treated differently?
1: No, not really. Okay,
0: no. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, especially too, like if it's like interracial too. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you feel like growing up that you got looked at weirdly because your parents were an interracial couple?
1: Um, I didn't really notice that as much, but I do remember specific times when I like realized that I was different at a really young age. Um, like even we spent a lot of time around my mom 's family because all of my mom 's family lived in the same city as us, mm. and so we would like go over there like at least once a week um, and so we would have like um, Christmas cookie baking day, and we would all make cookies for literally the entire day and like one time one year, I was probably like seven or eight maybe I like was crying underneath my grandma 's bed, and my sister came in like asked me what was wrong, and I was like. I just feel like if my cousins were not related to me, they wouldn't be friends with them because I've never seen them around anyone else who looks like me.
0: Oh.
1: For some reason, in my eight-year-old head, I, would like, figured that out. Yeah. Um, or, like, another time we were, like, swimming in the lake and, like, we, like, were going underneath, like, grabbing handfuls of mud and then, like, coming up and, like, it was, like, my second cousin or something that was, like, we came up and she, like, looked at me and she's like, did you smear mud all over your face? Like... She, like, like, she had just noticed that my skin was different than hers, like, in that moment. So there's just, like, very specific things where I was, like, I remember at a young age being aware of it, but I didn't really understand, like, what it meant, and I didn't really have many conversations with my dad about it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's like, what do you even say in those situations?
1: <laughs> Especially as a little as kid. As a little
0: kid. Because, <laughs> yeah. oh, you probably didn't even understand, too, no. at the Like,
1: at first, you were like, what are you talking about? Like, right. now you be like you want to fight about it yeah do you want to do you really want to go there right now
0: yes or no oh goodness gracious
1: but yeah like going off of that too like I think one of the things that we talk about a lot and especially in like racial justice is like can black people be racist and like realizing like how much like white supremacy and like really like we we all have to, like, work through our biases, and, like, yeah. in some ways, I still have biases against, like, myself, yeah. and, like, things like that, and, like, working through those things, and, like, um, that's one of the reasons why I'm really interested in the work that they're doing at Healthy Hood, um, mm-hmm. because at school, I'm learning a very, like, westernized, white way of doing therapy, and it, like, goes against things that I believe. Um, like, I believe that healing takes place in community. yeah And like, way I'm learning therapy is, like, the only way that you can do therapy is, like, meeting one-on-one with one client, and if you can't have any relationship with them outside of that one-on-one meeting. Are you going to be part of it? Yeah, so basically, like, the whole idea is that they're offering free mental health services, and the way that they're doing that is by getting people who are licensed therapists to just donate one session every two weeks. Okay. And so... Yes, I am going to be a part of it, which is really exciting. exciting. (laughs) So even though I'm not licensed because I'm in school, it still counts. um, Because I'm like next, this fall, I'm going to be doing my practicum, so I'll be... Doing counseling through school anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they had 70-some people respond, which means that they have 70 spots for the community to get free mental health care. That's amazing. And so this is like the first time that anything has been done on this scale, mm-hmm. which is like really, really exciting. Um, but one of the things I really loved about it was she was like, okay, so we don't have a lot to offer you guys. You <laughs> guys can be a part of our fitness classes for free, which they're only $5. Anyways, session English, I know. But it was like, you can come for free. She was like, because what I really, really want is for you to be like shaking that ass in, in class oh. like doing love <laughs> right like yeah. learning this new choreography and then like all of a sudden, she looks at you. and She's like, "Oh, I think we would get along well as a counselor." Like, yeah. And like, you can go from being in fitness class together to being in counseling together and have to then being like, I,
0: "You're on my level, mm-hmm. of part, like I am comfortable with you."
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like I see you. I feel like you understand me on some level. I feel like we can make this thing work. I really want to take one of the dance classes, well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I keep because I keep watching the videos. Like people can actually like do stuff. I literally can't do anything. I
1: was saying. <laughs> we should go
0: take off. Yes, we're gonna Because <laughs> like she looks so fun, but I'm like, oh, I'd be so embarrassed. Yes. I would already be embarrassed. Like I took one of my sisters friend teach like teaches us like it's kinda of like Zumbo, but not the whole entire time. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable, I'm way too long, I have yep. no rhythm, like I can't do this. So then I watch like the videos of their classes and I'm like Cool. I wouldn't
1: look like that I wouldn't look like done. that would be so fun
0: <laughs> I've heard it's a really good workout so yeah. we'll have to go yes <laughs> okay. I'll pay the five bucks because I'm like maybe as well you, there's so many they have like yoga too mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't know if I'd do the Zumba but they have like hip hop dance Yeah. <laughs> and
1: then the cardio kickboxing was it hard? yes it was, it was real hard but go. it was real good
0: because where is it? it's um, in Pilsen in Pilsen right? yeah okay. mm-hmm. cool yep okay we're gonna go okay great <laughs> perfect <laughs> deal <laughs> Um okay, the last topic, it's the most fun topic, which I know one thing we have in common with food, is food. So we both like carrot cake. Yes.
1: I love carrot <laughs> love cake. I love carrot cake. I remember <laughs> when we got it for
0: when we were watching what was it, coca? Yeah. And I was like, I love carrot cake. You're like you're like, what? <laughs> you like freaked out <laughs> on me that I said I like carrot cake. Um mm-hmm. but we'll get to what your favorite pizza is, but like favorite food is it like Chicago? Did you find some is there anything that you're obsessed with?
1: So, or just in general the most recent restaurant that I went to is the second time going there and it's probably the place I'm most obsessed with right now. <laughs> it's actually a Belize restaurant. Ooh. It's on the south side and um, I had their jerk chicken and it oh, was so good bad. but like the best part about it was the rice. Like wow. I've never gone somewhere and been like Is it like dirty rice? Yeah and they have like this little gravy for it and it is so good. It's like probably the best rice I've ever had in my life. I've never wrong? gone somewhere and been like oh yeah this side is my favorite thing that I yeah. ate. Aww. That was
0: definitely true. Except for the where do we go gonna get chicken? Oh Ina Mace? Ina Mace. Their biscuit. That I could so eat good. fifteen of those biscuits. Like I was like, all I want is biscuits right now. Yeah. Like everything else was good, but like the <laughs> biscuits were freaking unreal. Yes. Last question of it all is what's your favorite slice?
1: So before I went dairy free.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, shake. <shit. laughs>
1: Which was a year ago. <gasps> My favorite. So I really like Luminati's, but the best one I had, I only had it once. It was called Due. It's downtown. It's just D-U-E. Okay. And it's deep dish. And it was really, really good. I went with my brother randomly. We were, like, <laughs> he was visiting. And we were super hungry. And it was, like, the only thing open. Yeah. And it ended up being, like, probably the best, the best deep dish that I've ever
0: had. is the thing, I'm like, I don't love deep dish. It's a lot of mess and a yeah. lot of <laughs> junk for, like, not that much pizza. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Luminati's, whatever. But people keep talking about the thin crust at Luminati's. Hmm. I'm like, okay, whatever. But there's a really, like, Pequots. Have you ever had that? Mm-hmm. It's like burnt cheese around, like crust. It's like mm. crispier. I'm like, that. I'd rather go have that for a deep dish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all I have. Great. Thank you so much for doing this. Of
1: course, anytime.
0: It was so fun. <laughs> Y'all, I'm not gonna lie, it's really hard to listen back to these podcasts. It makes me miss people so much. It makes me miss girls mentoring. Um, But it was so good to re-listen to this conversation and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And like I said, I hope that it provokes some questions in your heart and your home. um, Just about how you're your perspective on a couple different things and I think it's always good to check ourselves check our hearts and kind of just see what we're putting out there so I hope you guys enjoyed it also I'm going to link Shalom's Instagram her art Instagram in the bio she does some amazing stuff and I just want to promote her work because I just love it so much but anyways that's it for Slice Up Your Life I hope you guys are doing well staying safe and sane and I love y'all so much